Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Man, we've been really hitting a roll with the podcast recently. I, I think... I'm not sure. It's going to be close. I think that June is going to be my biggest month yet in terms of the amount of podcast downloads that I get. I thank you all so much for listening to my show, for supporting my show. I thank you all for supporting me on this journey. As I'm sure my longtime listeners would know, it's been a it's it's taken me a while to really get my footing and figure out exactly what I'm doing uh, with my show, but. Since I've really dialed in on the interview format and since I've kind of gone and, um, and expanded the amount, the, the, the different categories of people that I've been speaking to, people with all different types of businesses and ideas and not just really uh, sticking to one thing, my podcast has really taken off. So I, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, it's, it's a good lesson learned for me to always be open to new ideas and be willing to expand my horizons. And, and I thank you guys so much for supporting the show. So my guest today, I just got done recording the podcast. It's a gentleman named Tim Maloney. Tim is an investor, rather, I should say he runs an investment product that is centered, uh, centered around the esports industry. Uh, I'm going to let him kind of talk about all the ins and outs because, you know, I'm not an investment broker. I don't have as much knowledge about uh, the stock market and finances as Tim does, but I can give you a little bit of an introduction about the product that that he just released. So in simple terms, uh, Tim's company, Roundhill Investments, has just released a product which is called an ETF. It's basically uh, a conglomerate of a bunch of different companies in the esports industry and kind of combined into one. So you buy a piece of this, you buy shares of this ETF and technically you're kind of buying uh, small shares of all of the different companies within this product. Um, we, we just talked so much about the, uh, the esports industry, about some of the real exciting and um, oppor- opportunistic happenings that are going on. We talked about a little bit about like investments in general and how we feel that more people, especially young people, should educate themselves on on ways to get involved in the market and getting invo- involved in stocks or, or mortgage funds or index funds. But most importantly, we talked about the investment opportunities within esports and just how excited he and I both are about it. If you want to learn more, I encourage you all to go to timstods.com, T-I-M-S-T-O-D-Z, to sign up for my daily blog post and my daily newsletter. I release all of my podcasts and all of my blog posts through uh, that email list. So sign up for the email and you will never miss an interview. You'll, You'll never miss an update or a blog post from me. Enough of me rambling. Let's get into the show. Please help me welcome my guest, Tim Maloney. Hey, Tim, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for your time. I'm really excited about our conversation. Thank you very much, Tim. I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to it as well. Cool. So just to give 
a little bit of context to my listeners. Uh, you had reached out to me because of an esports newsletter that I was starting. Um, I'm still kind of running it. If anybody wants to know more about it, it's called The Cheese. Uh, but nonetheless, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, you had reached out to me through seeing the cheese and mentioned your company and your involvement with esports. And um, that afternoon, like we kind of had a really good conversation and I, I, we planned on jumping on the podcast. And then earlier this morning, um, I was uh, researching and I got your newsletter. I guess you guys had finally started your blog on on Roundhill, your investment company. Um, I reached out to you. I was like, hey man, you're available this afternoon for a podcast. And you said, you said, yeah, I totally am. And, and now <laughs> here we are. So again, I thank you. No, yeah, that's right. And, and thanks again for having me. I think, like you said, we, we kind of initially connected due to a shared interest in the, uh, the esports space. Um, so I think we can both start off by agreeing that there's a lot of really interesting things going on there. And, uh, and uh, happy to be here to talk about that. And, and now if, at this point, our product's live too. So, uh, you know, timing's good. Timing's everything in life, right? It sure is. And I think that's like a, a perfect segue. You uh, mentioned just there our interest in esports. And when it comes to esports, there's like so many different avenues of the market that excite a lot of different people. Just for anybody that doesn't have a background or an interest in esports, um, I'll just kind of go through some of them. There's like the media aspect, which is exciting to me. There's the team and event production aspect. There's actually building teams. There's creating leagues. There's playing. There's streaming. You know, there's so many ridiculously uh, exciting, but I guess maybe at the same time, uh, scary or maybe unpredictable is a better word, um, avenues about esports. So with that, like, what is it about esports that excites you the most? That's a great question. So I think really, you know, the best place to start here is I'm a lifelong gamer. And I, I think what happened um, a little while back is I took a look and I realized that there was this industry that maybe I hadn't noticed straight away, but this competitive gaming industry that really was changing the landscape for media, for sports, for entertainment more broadly. Um, and it was really engaging once you kind of got into it. So what excites me about the industry is really letting letting aside where it is today is the potential for where it could go, especially when you compare it to traditional sports. I think one thing that um, a lot of people don't realize who, who aren't kind of in the weeds here is that esports isn't just one game. Uh, it's not really fair to compare esports to, say, American football, because the reality is when you get under the hood, there are so many compelling titles that comprise the industry. Um, and I really just think that there's so much room for it to grow and to gain more and more kind of mainstream acceptance. And then I think to your point, um, that there's different ways to look at the industry. And, and part of how we look at it from an investing point of view is there's not just the game makers. There's also, to your point, the media companies that are such an important part of the industry, whether it's the streaming platforms or the, the other kind of media um, ecosystem around it. There's also the hardware companies that are important to keep in mind. So it's just a really exciting industry and, and that's why we're, we're so focused on it. Okay. So 
when you say we're so focused on it, um, let, let's just kind of dive right in because you, you, at least your business and your work is so different from what I'm used to. So for me, when I look at esports, you know, let me back up even a little bit more because I've always had this strange comparison in my mind, which I want to share with you to see what you think about it. There's, yeah. I've been involved with, um, when I was younger, I was a skateboarder and I still am like a really huge skateboard fan. Um, it's been a passion of mine. And when I was a kid, it was kind of like this underground thing, you know, like I always had to go find um, some hidden stairwell where like nobody would kick me out. And then eventually it became legitimate. And when it became legitimate, you could tell because there was media publications behind it. So I think Tony Hawk and also Rob Deerdick like had a big deal to do with this. So then all of a sudden they were like skateboard magazines and skateboard videos and it wasn't just this underground thing anymore. And then what do you know, there's, there's skateboard clothing lines, there's whole new leagues that are being brought up and, and almost kind of like skateboard celebrities, you know? And mm -hmm. another comparison that I've made is um, MMA, Ultimate Fighting Championship with the UFC, I think that's really similar where it was, it started off as this kind of same thing, this underground, um, almost like secret society kind of club. And then eventually all these blogs and these YouTubers and, and people that were creating Twitter accounts and, and the fighters had their own uh, little media publications around them as well. So when I see that, and when I compare that to esports, the first thing that pops into my head is always like media, like who's creating the content around this stuff? Because like you said, these content ecosystems are, are a big part of it. And to me, that's really exciting. But I say all of that to say that like, I have no idea where investment capital goes in esports. And when you and I spoke before, I know that you have like a background in, in other types of investment. And I just, I almost want to take this opportunity to learn from you because in my view, the only thing I could even think to invest in is either like funding a team or funding like a new blog, a new website, a new newsletter, or, or some kind of media, um, uh, media publication. So mm. like, other than that, like what else do you invest in and how would you expect that investment capital to to come back to me, to make me money. Yeah, so that is a really interesting way to look at it. And I think there's there's kind of a few things to unpack before um, I can really dive into that. Yeah, I dumped a lot on you, man. Take your time. No, 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 it's great, it's great. And it's a really good question. So I think when you first begin to think about investing in the kind of growth of esports and what's happening in the industry, it's important to kind of define esports. And for the purpose of what we're doing, we take a bit of a broader definition that, you know, some purists may say is a little too broad. But basically, we say that esports is playing video games competitively in front of a viewing audience. And it's a little vague and it's done intentionally because it's meant to include things like Ninja streaming himself playing Fortnite mm -hmm. all the way up to the highest levels of organized competitive play like the international. So and, a purist, sorry to cut you off, a purist would say, you know, the more like arena type esports, like me versus you with a live audience is, is how you would traditionally define it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think there's still, I think, some people who would say Fortnite doesn't really qualify as an esports title. Um, you know, I could make plenty of arguments to the contrary there. But I think um, the reason we take this broader definition is because when you're looking at how the ecosystem works and really how growth um, how, how there's growth in the ecosystem, it's very hard to, to unpack and disentangle where the growth is coming from. So if you take something like Activision Blizzard, right, mm -hmm. they've been pretty aggressive with the Overwatch League. Um, how do you say, if you're looking at Activision Blizzard's financials, that, they, that revenue per, perhaps from like an in-game purchase that was made isn't relating to someone who became a fan of the Overwatch League, was watching was really excited about it and went to play later that night and bought an in-game skin, right? How do you take those two things and separate them? So mm. in some ways you can almost view the competitive scene surrounding some of these games as almost a marketing piece to it. And I think that's a little too simplistic of a view, but it's, it's an important part of how games gain popularity today. So having that broader definition in mind, I think you can start to look at the different components of the industry and see how esports plays a role in, you know, potential future growth uh, for these companies. So we can kind of keep going along that thread for a company like Activision Blizzard. Some of the key titles that we're going to be watching going forward for them are going to be Overwatch and are going to be um, Call of Duty because they do have these competitive leagues. They've made this big bet on the, the location-based franchising model and really whether or not that is effective is, is gonna impact the future value of the company, right? So I think I kind of threw a lot back at you there. So that's kind of a start. We can happy, I'm happy to go down this path uh, further if it's interesting. Yeah, let's, let's unpack that. So you, you said uh, you made kind of two different statements there, which I will simplify and then pass back to you. One sure. is that the streaming element of esports. I, I like how you mentioned it. it. It's almost like a form of marketing for the games. If I'm watching a stream and I find somebody I like playing a game I like and I've never played the game before and then I go and buy that game and maybe participate um, in buying like an in-game skin or something like that, how can you realistically separate that streaming ecosystem from the quote esports ecosystem like to me i think I, I fall under the same thought process as you that it's all under the umbrella of esports right so so streaming is a big part of it um and then i mean you know what? even right there there's so many people that listen to this that hear streaming and hear twitch and don't understand how freaking big this already is and how big it's going to be. And I've written a few blog posts like, guys, this is coming. You know, like your kid isn't going to have pop stars posters on their walls. They're going to have esports stars posted on their walls. <laughs> I, I wonder what your, your viewpoint is with, with the growth of it and how um, spectacular the at least the projections are for what it's going to turn into yeah i think so i think um I, i'm gonna get the time period probably wrong here but on a recent netflix earning call i think they actually said that their biggest competitor isn't 
other TV streaming, TV show and movie streaming platforms, it's actually Fortnite. And I think <laughs> hearing that for a lot of people, they're probably like, what, what do you mean? Like, what's Fortnite? But for the people who are closer to the, the gaming world, they get it, right? There's a lot of people out there that would rather watch their favorite streamers play whatever that game is that they typically play than watch a you know new hit series from name your um, your kind of content creation company, right? And I think um, I just think it's an it's an it's a new thing that a lot of people can't wrap their heads around. I think when you look at some of the established media companies, what's potentially scary to them is this content doesn't need to be professionally produced by a studio. I mean, if you're a captivating streamer and you have some good combination of talent at the game and, you know, whether it's humor or whatever, whatever your kind of edges where you're engaging to your audience, like those are eyeballs that you can kind of create yourself using some of these streaming platforms. Like you mentioned Twitch, which is the most popular one here. So I think that the fact that that happened on the Netflix earning call, I mean, that, that kind of quote, and I don't remember again exactly when it was, but it was recent. It really says it all to me. I, I think you're right about that. And even though the amazing thing about Twitch as well is how talented a lot of these, um, God, I don't know exactly what you would want to call them. Like call them the talents, these personal brands, these streamers, whatever. Um, the production value for a lot of these players is also very high. And even right now, I look around uh, at my computer, at my desk. I have a gaming computer, but it's, it's kind of a hybrid between a, a gaming system and a media system. I have like a high-def 1080p camera. I have a microphone. I have a mixer, great speakers, really good monitor. You know, like the stuff that I have in front of me right now can create real high level production and i'm still just kind of tipping the iceberg some of these streamers just on themselves build these like ridiculously high quality um production content and to think that you can do that right now in your living room and come up with a product that is like you said is mentioned on the netflix earnings report you know amazon prime is watching well, Twitch, Amazon owns Twitch, so I guess that's a bad comp comparison. But, okay, you know, HBO is watching uh, what live streaming is. Um, all of these content companies are. And it's like, I'm just so fascinated by this shift in how we're all going to absorb content because there's not going to be like a major channel, you know? Like every person is going to have like their five or six personalities that they follow. and the attention is going to be spread out so far between all these kind of different content creators. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think one thing just to add a little fuel to that fire is you start to get the rollout of, well, not the rollout of, but the advancement in smartphone technology. And you combine that with 5G getting rolled out in the next few years. And you're going to be able to watch your favorite streamer from anywhere. Um, which really becomes, I mean, that's a whole nother, whole nother, I feel like use case almost that isn't used all that actively now that, that will be right. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of changes going on in how people consume content. And, 
you know, it's a, it's an industry content consumption in general has been changing over the past, you know, couple decades, right? Sure. We've, we've seen it happening live. And I think this is just yet another iteration of it where, you know, if you said to, if you said to a lot of people three or four years ago that people were going to be watching other people play video games to the point that the most popular personality who streams himself doing that was going to be on the cover of ESPN the magazine, I think they would have been like, yeah, right. Yeah. I think if you told some people that today who haven't actually seen the cover, they'd probably say, yeah, right. Even though it's already happened with Ninja. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's, there's a lot of change going on and it's, it's super exciting. And I do still think there are a lot of people who aren't aware of these changes that are happening around this esports and gaming ecosystem. And, uh, you know, they will eventually become aware, I think. So, yeah. So I want to trans transition a little bit back into, um, the investment side of things. And I want to hear a little bit more about the product that you release as well, but to kind of finish off on that note, um, this weekend, believe it or not, I'm not much of a gamer. There's only ever been one game that I've ever really had interest in, and it's a game called StarCraft. And mm-hmm. this weekend was um, a relatively big tournament, and I, I, I took a second to think about what was actually happening. So let me just paint a quick picture. On my phone, I was watching a stream. My stream Bluetoothed to my big screen TV on the wall with like surround sound and everything. The stream wasn't even, it was players from all over the world connected into a network that would flip back and forth between these two kids that were essentially running the entire uh, show. They were the broadcasters. And it was really just them in front of a screen that for all I know was no different than somebody's home office. And I'm thinking about like, What's actually happening, the fact that there's a kid in Finland who is playing a kid who lives in Italy on a computer game that's being broadcasted all over the world that I am watching on my phone, which is connected to my TV. Like, <laughs> I know I'm kind of like geeking out over it a little bit, but I was just watching this thing thinking to myself like, wow, like what a world we live in, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's exactly right. And I think technology has enabled that to happen. And it happened, I think, relatively quickly, kind Real of behind fast. the scenes. And and now you just, to your point, you take a step back sometimes and you say, wow, I can't believe we've come this far. It's like the fact, the fact that they can even play a game like that, that requires such a good connection. Yes. Finland versus Italy is pretty amazing in and of itself, let alone that people around the world are able to watch that happen. Right. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's transition again. Um, you mentioned the product that you're releasing and by the way, I don't know if I said it, um, round Hill investments, I will definitely link it up in the show notes and I encourage everybody who has an interest to check it out. But, uh, you mentioned the timing was perfect. I got the email this morning about, uh, the investment product that you guys just released and please tell me all about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I appreciate that. So, so Roundhill Investments is our, our company name. And what we have done is we launched um, a, an esports and digital entertainment ETF and that's an exchange traded fund. And really what that means, just cause I'm 
not everyone is always aware as to what exactly that is. Uh, but an exchange traded fund is effectively something that trades much like a stock, except instead of tracking the performance of one company, it tracks the performance of a bunch of companies. Mm -hmm. So basically in practice, the way it works is just like if you were to want to buy shares of Apple, you would type in AAPL, you go in and you type in the ticker for the exchange traded fund and it kind of functions like a stock. So um, our, our ticker's nerd, by the way. I'm not sure what I you think about that, that word. <laughs> we're pretty, we think that's a, we think that's a good ticker. We think, uh, you know, we're, we're nerds. Um, we're, we're all about that. I but. think it's a great ticker. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, so the, the ETF is now live. It listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And basically what the ETF does is it, is it tracks this index or kind of basket of, uh, it's currently 25 companies that according to our proprietary selection mechanism are intimately tied to the esports industry in some way, right? And we have a, a whole methodology that's available publicly for anyone who's interested in reading about it. But really the intention is to give people who maybe can't access private investments and can't invest in private companies, which is most people, um, or who you know don't know enough about the underlying companies or the industry to make their own individual selections of publicly traded companies, it allows them you know a means to get exposure to the industry in a way that's you know diversified. You're not making a bet on just one company, and and that's kind of the idea was to to give people who are interested in this industry a way to invest in its growth uh, or hope expected growth, hopeful growth, you know, whichever term you want to use. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind the product and behind what we're doing at Roundhill. So within your index, have you diversified between all the different avenues that we've already talked about? Um, have you, you know, put bets on teams and media and games and, uh, I'm asking for my own uh, my own ignorance. By the way, this isn't like a setup <laughs> question. I don't necessarily know the kind of companies that would that would be in an index like that. So, what is it like a bet on one particular avenue of esports, or is it spread out as as wide as possible? Yeah, so it's a great question. It's it's very much meant to be spread out wide. Um, so I should just make a clarification that it, it's it's a it's a passive investment product, which means the investment selection is made by this set of rules we have. Got it. Uh, but what the rules are intended to do is really find companies that are tied to the esports industry across a variety of sectors. So of the ones we've talked about, the only one that's really um, not represented super well right now, I would argue, is the teams. And that's mostly because... Um, the opportunity set in publicly traded companies to get exposure to teams is relatively limited. Mm -hmm. um, as that changes, we've set it up so that our, our products can evolve with the industry. So if a team goes public, we've set the rules in our index so that that team would then get added you know, shortly thereafter. Um, but to look at some of the other industries, so you have the game publishers that we talked about. Activision is one of the the holdings. Um, we also have holdings in Electronic Arts, um, Take Two. So you get exposure to the game makers, and you know they own the IP in the industry. They're obviously an important part of it. Of course. Um, second component is the media companies. So you mentioned Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. 
Um, Amazon is actually not an index component, and we can kind of go into to why that's the case. Um, it's a little bit of a, a side conversation, but we're happy to. But um, a, a good example of a company that is in the index is Huya, which is a Chinese streaming platform. Um, it's listed in the United States, it's publicly traded, and it's, you know, it's a pure streaming platform, and we think it offers good exposure to that part of the industry. Uh, on the media side, we also have Africa TV, which is a Korean-based company. I was also, just going to say, what about the Korean companies? They got to be in there, right? They definitely are. Africa TV is, I think, as of yesterday's close, the second largest holding in the ETF. Um, it's a Korean streaming platform. It's also involved in the esports ecosystem in a few other ways, including um, team ownership. So that's a company that's that's very involved in the industry and is thus a part of our product. So that's that's sort of the second component would be the media. The third component is hardware companies, and they play sort of two important roles in the ecosystem. The, the first is obviously they provide the hardware. So whether that's the PCs themselves, the headsets, the mice, keyboards, etc., um, it's an important part of being a competitive gamer and playing competitively is having the best hardware, right? Um, the second way they interact with the ecosystem is as a sponsor. So there are kind of two types of sponsors generically that are involved in esports. There's endemic and non-endemic. The endemic ones are the ones that they're already making the PCs and all yeah. the pieces to the puzzle, and they also sponsor. So they're they're the third component. And then the fourth, um, as it stands right now, is what we consider broad-based, and they're companies that have exposure through basically two or more of those channels, whether it's games, media, or hardware. That's really interesting. And thank you so much for clarifying that because um, it's it's almost our conversation is kind of a hybrid between esports and the stock market. And I've, I'm pretty versed in the stock market. I know enough to know that my best bet is just to put my money in index funds and just sit on it over time. Um, and that's why I like the idea of um, what you guys are putting together because it's so tempting for people to see all this money flying around with esports and see new startups um, getting venture capitalism and to just think that I'm going to put my money here, I'm going to put my money here, and you know what, I'm, I'm going to make it one day. But the reality is if anybody has seen or, or been a part of, um, I wouldn't call it a bubble, but like real exciting new emergences of companies. I've seen this before in SaaS products, which is kind of like an online uh, marketing product, like online marketing tools. And before you knew it, there was millions and millions of dollars in venture capitalism and a, a shit ton of like 24 year old kids with, four million dollar startup rounds and 10 years later um there's still a lot of them but i'd be willing to bet that like 80 percent of all the SaaS products that got vc funding went under and that's definitely gonna happen with esports as well so i think it's really cool and i, I would encourage everybody to educate themselves on learning how to invest in an ETF and what you're talking about that kind of brings a more, uh, forgive me if I, if I get the terminology wrong, but has a more passive approach that is predicated more so on 
diversifying and also on like compounding interest, you know, as opposed to just like, here's $10,000, turn this into a million dollars for me and I'm going to be rich. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish it was that easy, right? Um, no, I, I think that's, that's, that's a great point. And, and I think at some point here, I, I should say, I'm, I'm not here giving investment advice. Of course. You know, usual disclaimers on that. But, but yes, I think um, one of the use cases for our product would be you want some exposure to esports and the alternatives, which are, you know, you could go out there and, and do your own homework and take a bet on one, two, three, maybe a couple more companies that are involved in the industry. Um, you may get it right, you may not, right? And it's a hard thing to do and even, even the best at it it's hard to say whether or not they're consistently going to be right. Yeah. So I think to your point, you know, what we really think is, I don't know if it's the future, but we think that people want to have some idea what they're investing in. Right. So you could invest a hundred percent of your capital in say an S and P 500 fund, right. And you would get the return of the S and P 500 where we think there's room for a product like ours is if someone wants to be broadly invested in a, diversified basket, say the S&P 500, but also wants to maybe get some exposure around the edges to something like esports, they could put a little bit of that allocation in the product like ours, or let's say it's not um, esports, but it's some other sort of thematic part of the market, um, they could allocate some exposure there. So it's really trying to make it so that it's a little bit more intuitive than it may otherwise be, because I think there's a lot of jargon in financial services. I agree. Um, and you start to lose people. Like I've, I've been in the industry now for eight years, basically. And even I'm sometimes like, why, why are we using all these three letter acronyms for things that don't, you don't <laughs> need a three letter acronym for? <laughs> How do they all have three letters? Yeah, I, I don't know. In, in fairness, there's a good amount of three letter acronyms in, in gaming and esports too, for what it's worth. Yeah, good point. So I, it cuts a little bit both ways, but I, I think higher level, we we think investing is confusing to a lot of people. And the worst case scenario in, in a lot of ways is if because of that, people are not investing, right? And I can't tell you how you should invest because everyone's situation is different, but at the very least, you should you should start asking questions and, and do some research and make sure you educate yourself a little bit about it. And I think we hope that a product like ours is, is helpful to those people who are interested, want to get involved, want to learn more and don't want to deal with all the jargon, I guess. Tim, I'm really, really glad that you mentioned that because <laughs> as a younger person, I'm, I'm 33, you know, I can't call myself a kid anymore, which is weird, but as a younger person, <laughs> um, and especially just a little bit about me. Like I come from a real blue collar home, you know, like we were, we were paycheck to paycheck. We didn't, I never learned about what it meant to invest your money. And so I was always really intimidated by it. And, you know, frankly, I read a book called I will teach you to be rich by this guy named Ramit Sethi, mm -hmm. who just completely broke it down. He, he explained to me the difference between like a SEP IRA and a Roth IRA and, why a 401k is so important and how stupid it is to think that, um, you know, just because the stock market or 
any kind of market that's that's built on the exchange just because it fluctuates to think that it's like inherently dangerous for for the entire stock market to crash it basically means that like the world economy crashed you know so it really is one of like the safest bets that people can make to incrementally put them put their future selves in a better position and I'm really happy that I read that book honestly like I've I've sent a couple of tweets to that guy um and that book completely changed my life taught me about credit and just about like automating my finances but even more than that it made it so that like I wasn't so intimidated by this like crazy world of Wall Street sharks because it's when it all comes to it when it really comes down to it like it doesn't have to be that confusing and I I honestly worry that young people especially who are still freaked out by like the whole housing market crash and like have so little trust in, in the entire market within itself. They, they keep all their money in the bank. And uh, I don't know, I'm getting a little bit off, to- off topic, but I think you and I would, would kind of uh, see that in the same parallel that it doesn't have to be that confusing and it doesn't have to be that risky and that dangerous. And like, it's a really good thing to at least educate yourself on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I actually was listening I'm, I'm midway through listening to a podcast uh, with Tim Ferriss and um, Ramit. So I, I, it's it's something that I, look I don't I don't pretend to be here providing the all encompassing education that that he does, but it's an industry that I think the worst case scenario for a lot of people, especially young people, is to be so intimidated by everything they're hearing that they're not allocating any any money into the Mm. stock market right and i think if you look at the numbers i'm not going to make them up here but over the long term as a member of society who's you know in their 20s or 30s it has historically paid to invest some portion into the stock market even with drawdowns and even with recessions and you know stock market crashes right so i just think that it's important to make these things a little bit easier to understand. And I think in a lot of cases for the financial services industry, it's almost better if it's harder to understand because then you can kind of charge more for it. I don't know if I should really be saying that, but you know, I, I think that simplifying it is an important step that we're trying to help be a, a part of the solution on. But I think it's it's definitely something that I wish there was more kind of educational material available about. Is is providing content that's educational um, a big part of what you guys are doing with Roundhill? Yes, it is, and uh, I, I it's a it's a good segue. I appreciate you bringing that up. So one of the things that we want to do, and there's really two types of educational content we plan on putting out, but we want to help our audience understand. One, what's going on in esports and gaming and why it's something that is worth at least paying attention to. But also, two, how to think about investing, how to think about, you know, higher level, what, what do some of these things mean? And there's certain topics we, we will probably hit sooner than others just because they relate to our business. But um, we put out a piece recently that was basically what our definition of, quote unquote, thematic investing is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we can, we can, I can send you the link to that piece afterwards if it's helpful. But the idea is there are certain topics, we can't be everything to everyone, but there are certain topics we feel we can provide some insights that are hopefully easy to understand 
and, and that's what we want to do. And whether that's through a blog or through Twitter, whatever channel you ultimately decide to connect with us on, um, we want to provide content. We want to be educational. We want to help people understand these things. I think it's really exciting um, what you guys are doing. I can tell that. <laughs> so I've dealt with a lot of financial services guys uh, <laughs> and girls. A lot of them like kind of have this like robotic tone in their voices because for them it's, it's all just numbers and it doesn't necessarily matter what the, the industry or the fund or, or the stock is. It's just, is it going to go up or is it going to go down? And I think it's like really, really cool that you have built this product around something that you yourself are very excited and are very passionate about. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's that's nice to hear. And I, I think that that definitely helps, right? That it's a yeah. it's a part of the industry that we're interested in. In a lot of ways, we're creating this because we're solving a problem for ourselves, right? We wanted to figure out how one could invest in esports. <laughs> and we started doing the homework and we were like, well, there's actually, you know, there's a product that could be put together that could help other people do this too. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. And, and I do think that, um, you know, there's a, there's a component to finances and investing and really this whole kind of concept of, you know, financial wellness or financial intelligence or whatever you want to call it. Um, th that can't really just be like broken down into some economic equation that says if your preferences are this and your, this is this, it doesn't always work that way. Um, and I think the, the kind of, little bit more human element is important and i think our our first product and potentially future products are hoping to speak to that where you know if you can connect with someone uh, on an industry in this case esports then there's some value there in that two-way kind of exchange yeah i i think so too and i think this is probably like a perfect thing to start um to start wrapping it up on because i myself I've, I have a couple, um, aside from the stock market, uh, a, a few, gosh, I hate to use the word VC because I'm definitely not a venture capitalist, but like <laughs> private companies, startups that I have invested in. And I found it really difficult to find something in esports that wasn't ridiculously volatile. And for all due respect, because I encourage everybody to follow their dreams, but the the entrepreneurs in esports are still very young and like maybe not that seasoned. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that like 22 year olds fail a lot more than they think they're going to, you know, <laughs> like myself included, dude. So it yeah. is what it is. But, um, but a product like yours, it's really exciting to me because I can't even tell you for nine months, probably like every day I've just been trolling around the internet looking for something that I can maybe get my hands into in, in the esports market. And and when I see something with like what you guys got going on, um, it's, it's not so much sophisticated as it is like mature. It's a, it's a very good mature outlook to get involved in this like awesome, exciting new industry. And I, I'm going to participate in it, man. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to do that. 
Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's appreciate your kind words and, you know, we're, we're excited about the industry. We think it's, it's just getting started in a lot of ways and we're excited for what comes next. Likewise. So, all right, let's, uh, let's give the people what they want. Where can they find out more about you, about your website, about uh, your product? And most importantly, if anybody listening to this is excited about this industry as I am and they want to get involved, how can they work with you? Yeah, sure. So we have two websites, uh, roundhillinvestments.com. That's where most of the content will be. That's a little more educational. And then nerdetf.com, which is where you can find details specifically relating to the ETF. Um, We're also very active on Twitter, just at the handle roundhill, R-O-U-N-D-H-I-L-L. I'm somewhat active on there as well. Maloney Sandwich. Feel free to reach out if you want to chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say I'm not very quote unquote good at Twitter. I don't think people find me very funny, but I try. Um, so yeah, I think those are probably the best places to reach us. And then, you know, as I said, the, the ticker for the ETF is nerd. Um, it's available on I many. I that was available. I know. I, we couldn't either. We were very happy to get that one. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's available for trading. It should be it's on most platforms. It's on Robinhood, Interactive Brokers, TD Ameritrade, none of which I have any sort of relationship with saying that, just a couple that came to mind. So, And uh, we're very much open you know, for conversations. If anyone wants to hear more, you can find us at those places. So cool, man. Well, once again, I sincerely thank you for your time. I thank you for uh, the last minute acceptance of the invitation and, uh, and we're going to, we're going to connect after this. I'm, I'm really serious. I want to learn more about your product and find a way to get involved. That sounds awesome. Thank you very much for having me and for, uh, for, um, letting me tell my story here. I appreciate it, Tim. My pleasure, man. So, um, cool. Let's keep in touch and, uh, and we'll catch up later. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.